Good start. Hello. Hello. You right? Yeah. I Welcome think it's to- the angle I'm sitting at. Yeah. Welcome to episode 21 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. We're back in, firstly, a couple of, couple of notices before we start, by the way. First one is, we're back in the original place where we recorded podcast number one. There's a bed here now. There's a bed, and Josh is currently laid on the bed. I think I reclined. definitely not laid on the bed. Reclined okay. is the word I would like to use. Okay. You know when you're sort of halfway between sitting up and lying down? Yeah. Yeah. Are you comfy, though? Yeah. Good, because you're going to be here for another hour or so. Um, and the other thing we have to say is that Jaff Pod were on TV last week. We were. Uh, I wasn't as grumpy as I looked. I'd just I mean, like to make definitely, that very clear. You definitely were grumpy because it was cold. I mean, it was. Yeah, but I'd like wrapped up. I'd like leggings on underneath my jeans, yeah. and it was. I fine. mean, it was a bit extreme. I have to admit, when you think... got people in that stand who didn't have many clothes on at all. Yeah, I didn't see anyone topless though. I was disappointed. Oh, well, there were topless people I saw on the uh, when I was watching some of the game back. But yes, we were at... Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we were at uh, Newcastle versus Blackburn. Terrible game. It was a good advert for the, the FA better Cup, team lost. The better team lost. No, I'm joking. I'm just trying Bullshit. to wind you up. Bullshit! I'd already applauded the sub. That's yeah. why I'm not <laughs> clapping. I'd already applauded. Yeah. I'd clocked who was going off and had given his... He only deserved sort of like four hand things <laughs> and that was it. Fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, we've had a pretty decent weekend of football, you have to admit. Um, I'm going to start with the, the early kickoff on Saturday, which was uh, Wolves against Leicester. What a way to start. Um, Diogo Jota, the first Wolves player to score a brace since Matt Jarvis against Swansea in April 2012. Uh, to score a brace? F- well, the first, yeah, but the, then the first player to score a hat-trick since John Richards in which year, do you think? I have no idea because I've never heard of him. So I'm October gonna go... 1977. Yeah. Yeah. So there it's we go. I've uh, got another stat involving Matt Jarvis that's not related to that. Go on. Uh, Ryan Bennett is the first English Premier League scorer for Wolves since Matt, Matt Jarvis. Jarvis in May 2012. April 2012. I've got blame match of the day. Oh, maybe someone. actually, maybe Matt Jarvis scored a goal like just after his brace. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, he was obviously having a good season, wasn't he? Um, what a start to the weekend, though. Mm. Um, and a, but a terrible start to the weekend for Leicester um, they conceded two goals in the first like 13 minutes I think it was um, the, f- the first thing I want to we'll, we'll talk about the game a little bit more um, in a sec but I just want to talk briefly about Claude Puel um, if, if, I feel like he can't motivate his players for these smaller games and that was typified by the first 15 minutes on on Saturday what do you, what do you think? The first thing I want to say is I've, I think he's a very camp Frenchman. He's in the European. Way, they're in all the, camp. In the way he talks. Yeah, he's, they're all, he's got they're all very, camp. very sort of high voice when he talks about his... I mean, he's not like Eastern European. <laughs> but I was, I was going for the pitch of my voice. <laughs> why do I do this to yeah. myself? <laughs> I don't know why I haven't started just to chop up things that you say and I just mean you say that you, you've already done that enough times in my life yeah, that so is true, that is I'm true. just immune to it <laughs> I just think a lot of the time a lot of the things that are going wrong for Leicester are things that Puel can't do anything about yeah Damari Gray losing possession Danny Simpson just not paying attention to where yeah. that's that for, was I mean Danny Simpson is not the best player in the Premier League however 
Uh, really? That, that is just uh, <laughs> that is just a lack of um, concentration on his part, like a lack of he game checked, time. I like think. three seconds earlier as well. La- lack, just... lack of game time, I think. Yeah, it's been tricky. Um, tricky for me. Like, I think it, he finds it difficult to motivate his players because they. I feel like they're all sort of using Leicester as a stepping stone. And so when they play the big teams, it's like an advert for them. Yeah, shop window sort of vibes. Yeah, and but against those other other teams, I don't think he can. Uh, I don't think they can motivate themselves. Obviously, it's partly down. We'll get onto motivation managers a little bit later on. Yeah, um, I do like the style of football he's trying to implement, though. Yeah, I I still can't understand why he's under pressure. No, neither do I. Um, and I feel like. Um, I feel like Leicester fans changed their tune really quickly. It's like, I feel like there was a big knee-jerk reaction to what was happening on Do you think they've got a lot of glory supporters since winning the league? No, I think I think what we've said over the last few weeks and what Ollie said for a while is that yeah. like since winning the league, I think expectations have been unrealistic. Yeah. Um, they should be... But however, right, this summed it up for me. Okay, having a conversation with Ollie the other day... Um, obviously a big Leicester fan and he put a tweet out saying something about Puel going and maybe like people won't realise what Puel's done for Leicester until he leaves and uh, and and he's saying so maybe it's best if Puel goes now and I was saying like where do you realistically think he can finish and he was saying oh well I think we're probably we're, we're a mid-table club and I was like well, like tenth, and someone on the radio was like, "Oh, tenth to twelfth is where the squad should be." Well, you're ninth. Yeah, you're, you're three points. I think less than three points uh, to seventh. So what are you complaining about? Surely, is I mean, look at where Southampton are now post Puel. If you know he gets I mean? if he gets fired, he's got to be the unluckiest boss in Premier League oh, history. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I was looking down. There's like four points. I know, oh, like three points separate seventh to like twelfth. Yeah. So if you lose a game, you're going to drop a couple. Yeah, and I don't think I mean Leicester uh, Wolves. Sorry, have been in decent form recently. Um, I don't think losing to them at home is uh, them away from home is is a too too much to worry about. They came from two goals down with two pretty good goals. Um, then it went to three two, obviously to Wolves, and then Wes Morgan with a really good header, great ball in by Madison. Mm. Um, yeah, great. Techers. Was it from free kick? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it was uh, lovely, lovely bit of whip. I, th- I thought Leicester played well in the second half, but and I think Puel gave him a bit of a kick up the arse like at half time, and you could tell because they came out the mm-hmm. traps flying. Really, that's like quite char- characteristic of them this season, though. Yeah, definitely. The way there was a moment at one 0 as well where Rui Patricio tried to like dribble round someone. Yeah, and if Bardi, that, yeah, if that doesn't come off and it's one or it's a different game, yeah. Um, the issue that I had with Leicester um, and we've been uh, very like we've said really good things about a lot of the Leicester players this season including Madison and Chilwell however I'm going to criticise Chilwell for the first time I think this season his positioning for Jota's hat-trick goal the fourth goal is ridiculous mm-hmm. why you're, so you were 2-0 down, okay? You've got it back to 3-3, equalised in the 87th minute. Why are, you fly, why are you so far 
up the pitch why don't you just sit back just take the point I'll be taking the point at that point if I was Puel I'd be like don't lose this game now well Puel had his head in his hands didn't he yeah. when the goal goes in like obviously man, I don't know how well managers can be heard from the sideline screaming he may well have been screaming get back get back but like how in a like footy stadium with loads of fans yeah it's 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 frustrating because Chilwell's been so good this year and for me he's dropped his his team two points in, in what could be a crucial game mm-hmm. when you're talking about teams that are going to get into Europe or at least in the seventh place you're yeah, talking about yeah. a few million pounds and it is a that was a for me just really frustrating like seeing the replay and being like why are you so far up there I've watched DeAndre Yedlin do it all season and so watching someone like as good as Chilwell do that is so frustrating yeah however I thought I thought on the flip side to that Wolves were really good first half um, they restricted Leicester to pretty much nothing Rui Patricio like you say had that moment but in the second half they sort of I felt like they came out and they were like oh the game's won yeah and I, th- I feel like they were a little bit lucky to come away with all three points yeah I think going forward they were certainly worth the three points they went past 100 Premier League goals at home as well during the game yeah they've got three 90 plus winners this season Three what? Winners after the 90th minute. Oh, okay. So that shows they go right until the end. Yeah. Um, and Jota took his tally from two goals to five. He did. He yeah. did, yeah. Um, I was sort of glad they won in a way. I thought they des- I thought they deserved it just about. Some of their defending was a bit odd in the yeah. second half, but I just thought Leicester were really naive defensively. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, the summer might be time to move Wes Morgan on. Because he was, he was exposed time and time again. Story of the season, I yeah. think, for Leicester. Um, one big talking point that's come out of the game, and uh, it's happened already once this season. Same referee, in fact. Uh, uh, was um, was uh, San? What's his name? Nuno Espirito Santo. Santo, running on the pitch, and well, run down the touchline, then run on the pitch to celebrate with his players. Um, we've briefly talked about this he's, he, he got sent off there's a lot of people saying oh where's the where's the uh, consistency well actually he's obviously the referee's got like slated by the referee panel for mm-hmm. not sending Klopp off so he's done it this time I think that's the right decision um, what is your view on this um, in terms of like manager run on the pitch so when it first happened someone was saying I think was it Jamie potentially does Jamie Carragher do the early kickoff? Is he ever in the studio for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I might be completely wrong, but I think it was him. Someone has certainly said you're killing passion in football by uh-huh. doing that. But if you say, and at the time I was like, yeah, that's a really valid point. I I, I sort of agree with that. I'd quite like to see the manager celebrating like that. But actually, there's a technical area for a reason. And if you say it's okay to run out of your technical area on the pitch at the end of the game to celebrate a winning goal like that will just only lead to managers walking onto the pitch midway through the game to have a word with the ref well this like, is, it's a this, dangerous precedent to set this is one thing that I was listening to 6 or 6 on Saturday and Jason Mohammed was saying to Robbie Savage was saying pretty much exactly the same thing like oh where's like why can't managers be passionate I saw Eddie Howe at the weekend be very passionate on the touchline so I don't got, see where that you got all your backroom staff to celebrate with yeah exactly but the, the other thing is that um, when where if you bring this rule in where managers can celebrate with the players where does the line where do you draw the line because 
are you saying oh you can celebrate a last minute winner with your players because it's passion or like what if you go 3-0 up in the first 6 minutes what is the manager going to run on the pitch in the 6th minute and celebrate with his players yeah exactly so where where is the line drawn and I, I think like you say the technical area is there for a reason so they shouldn't be allowed on the pitch full stop and I think it was completely right that he got sent off and he will get a a fine which is right he's accepted it today yeah and, and he, he even came out after the game and was like yeah I shouldn't have gone on the pitch and so I, people saying oh it's taking passion out of football I think it's just wrong because um, like we said we've seen managers be passionate on the touchline a million times without running on the pitch and you have to make for me like you have to make a conscious effort to run onto the pitch mm-hmm. it's not like oh, I'm, I'm being passionate and I'm just gonna like this spur of the moment took me on like you know you can't go on there there is a thought process there of going on the pitch he'll have thought about he'll have thought about what he did before he did it yeah yeah definitely um yeah he but he is one manager that um I, I sort of like I, I'm not a big fan of his like but he uh, at least comes out and is like fairly honest in the in the interviews after he needs the game. to get rid of that beard yeah he looks like shit <laughs> um quick question before we leave this game uh, Claude Puel is his job under pressure shouldn't be he's but it very is. very short odds to be the next one to go yeah life's always greener on the grass is always greener on the other side isn't it like who are they going to bring in well this is the next question I was going to ask you do you think that that would be somewhere that uh, the former Huddersfield boss would go Wagner uh, potentially but I think he wants to take a break from football doesn't he so is that the point of why he's left yeah, yeah. well interesting interesting on to another great game mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace that finished 4-3 as well to Liverpool uh, Liverpool have had kept 12 clean sheets and conceded only 4 goals in their previous 16 league home games before this one uh, another great game Palace again nearly pull it out of the bag against the top team is this just a characteristic of Hodgson do you think uh, what nearly pulling it out the bag that's not a phrase yeah. I associate with Hodgson <laughs> getting nowhere near to pulling it out the well, bag well just performing against the big teams really they've sort of stumbled across a little combination that's working for them haven't they with like Zaha and Townsend wide and IU through the middle and it's yeah. just sort of working for them yeah um, Townsend scored again against the big side. He did. Um, I think I saw. He's always s- been a good player. Yeah, I like we've said before. Like he's not a striker. Him when he was when Hodgson was playing him and Zaha up front. I was like, what are you doing? Like he is a a winger. He's an inside forward. He's a left footer on the right wing, and uh, he plays really well there. I've seen him have some of the best games of his career there for Spurs and for mm-hmm. Newcastle uh, and for England. In fact. Um, I thought Liverpool were incredibly lucky. That I think there's a slice of luck for all four of their goals. Definitely. Uh, first one. Did Palace go two 0 up? No, one nil. The first one, it like takes a massive deflection, and just drops to Zalad, doesn't it? Yeah. The second one from Firmino is a big deflection. The third one, Spironi basically puts it in yeah. the goal. And then the fourth one, shouldn't uh, Robertson's like deliberately handballed it and stopped the ball going out of play, but no one saw it. Yeah, I was going to. got a few questions relating to the game actually. Uh, was there a handball in the lead up to Liverpool's fourth? Yes. Uh, Milner's red card deserved? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. You, you know, know the referee who sent him off was his old PE teacher. Yeah, I was going to say. Love that. Um, he looked looked a bit like a naughty schoolboy as he yeah, trudged he off. Did, yeah, he knew. He knew. Yeah. But that's but, what I like. That, he just turned and went. Exactly, and that's the sort of player that he is. Like, I'll always have respect for James Milner because he is like the ultimate professional, and like he made two silly challenges. I'd be interested to know how many red cards he's had in his career. It can't be more than two or three, I think. Can't be more than. Five. But I don't think he's ever got a straight. It's probably. That that's a danger of playing him at fullback. Uh, yeah, at fullback. Yeah, because he's like Zaha was just a little bit quicker to the ball twice. Yeah, even Zaha won't be complaining. Um, two fouls on him, two yellow cards. Yeah, fair enough. And I think um, I was reading somewhere that um, there's been two sendings off, sendings off for James Milner in the past like few years, and both of them have been against uh, Wilfred Zaha. Um, crunch player Liverpool should have had a penalty at 0-0 though so maybe they earned a bit of that luck yeah but I thought Palace should have uh, had a penalty as well at some point uh, if that was this game that I remember remembering um, that both teams should have had a penalty I feel um, like I would have written that down I might be I might be full of shit though I might be full of shit uh, I'm just trying to find uh, James Milner's red card history but I can't seem to find it anywhere uh, anyway Mohamed Salah scored his 50th Premier League goal he did he's the fourth fastest he is do you know who the three faster ones are Alan Shearer yeah 66 in second place yeah is it like uh, is it games to 50 goals Henri nope Fowler nope Cool. Andy Cole is top 65 games yeah third Suarez no go on Van Nistelrooy 68 mm. games and Torres took the same amount of games as Salah. as Salah but you know he scored 2 in 13 for for Chelsea yeah it's mad that his Liverpool's mental it's like 49 in 58 or something yeah uh, Milner's only ever had two red cards uh, three red cards sorry three red cards 58 <coughs> yellows um, back to Salah just quickly his uh, him going down in the box, shall we call yeah, it? Yeah, was it a dive? Yes, horrendous. When, right? I, I heard an interesting point. I don't know how many people that are listening are going to agree, or if you're going to agree. But someone came on the radio the other day saying the only way that we're going to stop diving is by saying your player is going to get a three-match ban and you're going to be deducted, deducted a point or like two points. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a good idea. Because the speed at which... Uh, then you'll know if a player has dived or has genuinely been tripped over. Mm-hmm. Because they'll stop doing it. I and agree. The retrospective will prove whether or not they have dived or not. And then they'll still get the ban, they'll still get the points deduction. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really tricky one because there are instances where a player gets goes to ground where he's not dived but it's also possibly not a foul well this is what they were saying was like Sacco's arm on Salah was he kicked before like yeah he, yeah Sacco had his arm on him like Dummett had his arm on him over Christmas he did touch his toe but was it enough to go down no not like he did not like he did no he looked like he'd been shot yeah he threw himself it's down. happened a few times this season ah! I think yeah exactly um, I think that the retrospective action on uh, the retrospective action rule that the FA have at the moment needs to be looked or the Premier League have needs to be looked at rigid Uh, who was the last team to beat Liverpool in the Premier League at home Crystal Palace 
correct when uh, it was like April 2017 correct yeah very impressed <laughs> I don't know what the score was do you know what the score no. was no uh, I'm assuming it was a 1-0 but I saw that a start that Hodgson had had like had only conceded one goal in his last five home games away games at Anfield against Liverpool I feel like he's one of those managers that when he's like backed into a corner and has to be attacking his teams actually play quite well but then he never plays attacking football but why so my final question on this is like why can't Palace perform against this against teams around them like they're very similar to Leicester yeah I don't know is it just the way that Hodgson sets up does Hodgson primarily go out not to lose do you think yeah that's his that's his like de facto isn't it it's very it's, it's a very like Sam Allardyce English manager mentality to go out with I think yeah which is annoying uh, alright anything else on that game uh, no so from a game that was awesome to a game that was fucking shit uh, which game was <laughs> that was the best game of the weekend uh, Watford versus Burnley it finished nil nil uh, James Tarkovsky has blocked more shots than any other player in the Premier League this season. That's impressive considering he was out injured for a spell. Yeah. Um, not a lot to talk about, to be honest, but a, really a, a tale of two keepers, would you say? How much better are Burnley with Tom Heaton in goal? Infinitely better. I think, uh, probably on form, he would probably be my number two choice for England. Because I think but- over Butland... Ooh. No, I would go for Alex McCarthy. I'd have him as number three. Would you? Yeah. Behind both behind Pickford. I think Pickford's got enough credit in the bank with England for me. Uh, and he's like he's the only one of those three that plays the way Southgate wants to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm still not convinced <laughs> by Pickford at all. I tweeted out last week. There's a line, very fine line between mm. confidence and arrogance, and I think Jordan Pickford crosses that line with as many mistakes as he's made this season. Yeah, and he comes out in the media and talks about, oh, "I'll never make a mistake like Allison, and I'll never do this, and I'll never do that," and then he completely just yeah, he sets he's himself few, up for failure. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto his game in a bit, but I, I think you're right in terms of Heaton is in with a shout now for playing for England and. Um, I think he has to step his game up because he knows that Pope's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was put, like he made a save and the camera cut to him. He's got a massive smile on his face. Yeah, I would. Uh, ben Foster wouldn't be far away from that England team. He's thirty-five though. But you're talking about a goalkeeper. Yeah, I just think there's better younger people available. Fair enough, but he's got England experience. Tom Heaton's thirty odd. Yeah, I know. I just, I just don't think Foster will get back in. Oh, I don't think he'll get back no. in. But I, I would, uh, I would. He would definitely be in the reckoning for me. Um, Burnley had a disallowed goal. He was very much onside. Mm-hmm. They were unlucky. I thought. Yeah. Watford were terrible. Yeah, turgid. Um, they started all right. The opening sort of exchanges were all right, but. Talk to me about Gerard Delefeu. I was watch when I was watching Match of the Day the other day. I was thinking to myself, why don't Spurs go and buy Delefeu? And then I remembered that he flatters to deceive. He can't finish his dinner. Yeah, he's got all the attributes to be an incredible footballer, but I, for some reason, he's just not not he's, cutting the uh, mustard. 
<laughs> well, when, whenever I've seen him play, well, who do you play? He played for Barcelona, he played for Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he went back to Barcelona and they were like, oh, we're going to use him. And then they've obviously just realised that, like. He just doesn't work hard no. enough, probably, off the pitch. Um, yeah, he seems like that sort of player. But at the same time, like, you have to, to play in the Premier League. In games like this, prove it more than anything. Like he had a chance in the first half. If he takes that chance, he wins the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, he didn't, and Watford could have lost one nil. Mm-hmm. So, like you have to take your chances in the Premier League. It is like I know we say it every week about a different team, but like Watford don't score loads of goals. So when they get in the box, and they don't create that many chances. So when they get in the box, they need to score, and that's what Pereira was doing at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Sort of dipped off with their form, I think. Yeah. Um. That game was so bad to the point where I was looking for statistics on the game, and literally nowhere. I'm surprised you even mentioned it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was so that I, bad? Uh, all right, then let's go to the game of the weekend, which was uh, Newcastle versus Cardiff. It was three 0 to Newcastle. We're going to talk about the game first and then we're going to move on to talk about something different. Um, Dubravka has mm-hmm. made more saves from shots inside the six-yard box than any other goalkeeper in Europe's top five leagues this season with nine. Um, don't know if that proves that he's good or if our defence is shit. Um, Probably a bit of both. <clears throat> yeah, a bit. Uh, good old-fashioned six-pointer. Um, before the game, I was at... Oh, I've never understood that phrase. Why? because well, you can't get six points I mean obviously I know it's like it's worth sort of it feels like it's worth six yeah. points or whatever but it's like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> okay do you know um, what I mean though yeah. yeah I know what you mean six pointer mean. today but we can only get three yeah okay but the the, the point is that we win three points and it's another yeah, yeah, game yeah, where yeah, Cardiff yeah, of course, yeah of course of course um People, including myself, were questioning Rafa's tactics um, pre-match. We went with five at the back. Um, we were in the flat together, watching the game. Uh, what did you think when I told you that we'd gone five at the back? Um, at home against Cardiff. I'm struggling to remember because my bigger problem at the time was how how I was going to beat you on FIFA yeah which wasn't happening no it took a penalty shootout to beat you I think yeah I think that was one I won I can't remember yeah um, I think it's difficult isn't it I think again Rafa just didn't want to lose that game I mean it turned out to be tactical masterclass yeah yeah I and that's why he's agree. the boss yeah we're not um, I think it's finally starting to click that system to be honest yeah Lascelles I couldn't believe he was on the team sheet well he pulled up with a some sort of hamstring problem on Tuesday last week um, I was surprised not to see Fernandez in the squad at all to be honest yeah maybe um, he just didn't recover well after that however um, it was another centre back that stole the headlines really yeah. Fabian Scher um, I've been by the way right We. I talk a lot uh, I big myself up uh about football all the time and about transfers and stuff but really like a lot of the players that we've signed over the past few years I have predicted at like some stage 
He's a steal we for how much money he like was. Like three and a half million, I think he was, from yeah. Deportivo. Um, he's been sort of in and around the Switzerland international side for, for the last five, six years. Um, didn't have his best season at Deportivo last year, but has come in in the summer and I think has played really well. It's taken him a couple of, couple of games to get into it. Um, gave away a penalty that shouldn't have been a penalty at Chelsea in his on his debut which was actually a great tackle in my opinion um, but he showed how good he was ball playing centre back on Saturday mm-hmm. mixed with some shoddy card of defending I thought but the first goal to, to run through uh, to run through the gap to have the confidence to just run through and then take it on his weaker foot and just guide it into the guide corner into the corner brilliant yeah. finish I think that's where playing in a back three suits him because he knows that he can pull out definitely uh, of, of that three and he'll, he'll still be covered he won't be leaving you short at the back He's 46 Switzerland caps and 7 goals yeah it's not bad is it for a centre back not bad for a centre back at all yeah um, decent two more Newcastle players that I want to talk about before we talk about Cardiff the first one is um, Salomon Rondon uh, why I've do you think he's like becoming so important to this Newcastle team well I've got a quote here from Danny Murphy go on if Rondon stays fit Newcastle stay up yeah I agree yeah I agree as well I think he's just a focal point it's, yeah he attracts defenders he's hungry as well you can see from how he's playing that he's enjoying his football yeah and even though he's not getting on the score sheet he's so vital to the way that we play I mean when we were there last week at Blackburn Hossley was playing up front and every time the ball went into him it sort of just like bounced off him every time it just didn't mm-hmm. stick whereas you watch Rondon whether that's live or on the telly or whatever the ball stays at his feet or it like comes onto his chest and it just like drops to his feet and it's like a totally different player to what we've had over the last few years mm-hmm. uh, in terms of players that can actually play that role and that's why we got rid of Mitro because he couldn't do that role that Rafa wanted him to play and so um, I think well it was firstly I was paying not, not paying the 16 million for him I think in the summer is uh, stupid we should have just paid his release clause uh, I think Warnock came out with a club cl- a quote saying you get what you pay for well we've paid not, nothing for him so um, that says a lot about mm-hmm. Neil Warnock's research done about as much as Rio Ferdinand um, I think he's just like a, he's a really really good team player and I think that's what we need at Newcastle when the quality isn't there you need players that are going to play for the team yeah yeah and he, he's built to do well in the Premier League he's yeah. big he, you know he's not slow is he he's quicker than you'd expect for yeah. a, bloke of his build he's bullish he's great in the air and he's got much better feet than I think people give him credit for yeah I just uh, the my only issue is he doesn't get on the score sheet as much mm-hmm. as he probably should for a striker but again like we've said before it doesn't really play that role Newcastle have played the uh, it's the seventh game unbeaten versus teams in the bottom seven that's good good statistic that's good because we need to win those games very good and I'm sure you'll get this, but Fabian Scher is the first Newcastle defender to score twice in a match since Philip Albert. Yes, which year? Ninety six. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like you've watched Match of the Day. Isn't oh, it? it's unreal. Um, a quick one. A link tonight uh, from various outlets saying that Newcastle have put a loan bid plus four million pounds in for Gelson Fernandez from Atletico Madrid. Um. He's got. He played for Sporting. Had 
18 goals in 92 appearances for Sporting. Uh, he's only played eight times for Atletico Madrid. No Am goals. I thinking of the same Gelson Fernandez? He's 23, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of a different one oh, yeah. because I was watching Premier League classic matches the other day and there was a Gelson Fernandez who I think played for City. Oh, was there? At some point. Uh, yes, there was. Yeah, yeah there was, yeah. Uh, no, this is a much younger. He's 23. Uh, he's a winger, plays on either side. Um, he's He's played, he's got. Portugal caps from under 18s all the way through to the national side he's got mm-hmm. 21 caps at 23 which isn't bad for Portugal as well um, you think it, someone like him would be a good signing for Newcastle yeah it just gives you another option doesn't it another yeah. option going forward I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in and Kennedy go interesting send him, send yeah Kennedy's been playing less and less hasn't he recently yeah. and he's not playing well either uh, Cardiff were terrible nine of their starting 11 were playing the championship last year you just feel like if they're going to survive that's yeah. quality wise when, when you I mean like let's think about it this way without injuries probably you would be t- saying that six or seven of Newcastle starting 11 played in our championship season the year before but how many of them were in the Premier League the year before that that's a good question yeah that's a good question um, yeah, Cardiff were just woeful. Their defence is terrible. Uh, their, their goalkeeper Etheridge is actually their one saving grace. I yeah. think he'll he'll do something after this season if Cardiff get relegated. I every think he'll time, go somewhere. every time Cardiff lose, Warnock uses the same phrase, and it was on Saturday. He was like, "Well, I don't think it was a three nil sort of game." Well, what did you think it was? A two nil, a one nil? Yeah. Like you you got battered by the team one place below you. Who are now? I mean, you swap places in the table, yeah. haven't you? But a huge win in terms of uh, uh, in terms of confidence and stuff. Mm. I think yeah, Cardiff yeah, yeah. will be depleted by that personally. Also, um, we'll just we'll keep this brief because there's not much news that's going on about it at the minute. But we just want to talk about Emilio Sala, Emiliano Sala, I think he's called, mm-hmm. um, who signed for Cardiff on Saturday, record signing, eighteen million pounds. Uh, he was flying he, he flew home on Sunday on Saturday to see his old teammates and then last night I think it was was flying back to Cardiff from uh, Nantes and his plane's gone missing around Guernsey somewhere yeah so um, they've uh, they requested to land on Jersey and they didn't really hear from it again and then they've suspended the search for the plane this evening yeah um, they found some bits that as, as far as we, mm-hmm. we know at this point from what's been released by Guernsey Police is that um, they've found some bits in the sea they don't know if it's bits of plane or whatever um, and uh, they've suspended the search because the seas are ridiculously and it's like, dark it's dark remember. it's windy it's just you got to remember as well there. the Channel Islands aren't probably don't have that much in terms of like air sea rescue resources yeah I mean they were saying they've got two planes two helicopters and a couple of lifeboats out there um, so there's not that much uh, but it's absolutely heartbreaking story yeah. a player that has uh, signed for the club record transfer fee he's been given his chance to come at the Premier League he's he's full of hope and optimism and then this happens and it's literally taken away in seconds and I mean how many how many seasons have we had like this one where we've had mm. multiple fatalities in football and it sort of brings it all into perspective um, when, yeah. these, when these stories happen it's really sad 
Okay, next game. Uh, Manchester United versus Brighton. They finished 2-1 to Manchester United. Um, Marcus Rashford played his 150th game for Manchester United. I think that's Saturday. incredible for the age he is and the club he's at. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was his 10th successive Premier League game, the longest run of his Manchester United career. But I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored 40 goals since his uh, debut in February 2016 mm-hmm. it's the most of any other player can you name the next four players the next four yeah since February 2016 Martial yep with 35 he's third ooh Rooney nope no uh, Lukaku yep second with 36 is that second behind Rashford yeah so I need two more Pogba yep 24 he's fifth and there's one more Fourth matter. Nope. No, it won't be Sanchez. Uh, is it someone who's still there? No. Give you a clue. He was there for a season. Ibrahimovic. Yes, Ibrahimovic with twenty nine. Um, the Rashford is younger than Rooney and Ronaldo to one hundred and fifty United appearances. He's really thriving from playing through the middle, isn't he? Yeah, he's built to play. How many through times the have we said it? Yeah. How many times have we said it on this podcast and in life? Rashford should be playing through the middle, and that the reason that he doesn't, he can't perform, or he doesn't perform, is because that's not his position. He's not a winger. He's quick. He's mobile, but he's not a winger. Yeah. Um. They're back in the race for the top four, though. Man United. Yeah, four points off. I think. Wanna, yeah. Four yeah. points off. Yeah. Three. 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 Oh no, we're there for the for four for fourth. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, three points. I think it's three points. Pray. Yeah, Chelsea on forty-seven. I think they're on forty-four. I just think lack of clean sheets is going to be like they shouldn't have conceded in that game. Brighton no. didn't really offer anything. Oh, I've written right. I've written here Pogba, and I've just written underneath twat. Yes, that correct. run up. Again, he's in form though. Five goals in his last six appearances. Oh, he's in form for being a prick. As yeah, well. he is a prick, though. Um, Solskjaer said in his post-match interview about uh, about Rashford that he was basically just wanted to get in his mind and see what he was thinking when he uh, he was getting close to goal. And I think Dion Dublin did a really, really good piece of analysis on match of the day two mm-hmm. um, on Sunday, which was about. Um, like before he was getting in the same positions he was in the same position but he would just panic mm-hmm. or something would go happen in his head that um, would stop him from scoring basically he just didn't have the confidence but he's getting in exactly the same positions now and scoring I think it's like absolutely huge for Manchester United and for England mm, in fact yeah. um, which is like a great it was a fairly routine win for Man United I thought on Saturday yeah Brighton have conceded seven Premier League penalties this season. It's not good. They've uh, only won eight points away from the Amex Stadium this season and have just four wins away since joining the Premier League. Yes. It's a, a not a happy uh, away. It just shows how good they are at home. It does. It does. That's something that needs to be rectified, though, I would say. Yeah. That they're not winning points. Uh, away from home mm-hmm. I don't know why that is though because is it because he doesn't want to set up like that or like set up uh, attacking away from home or 
Is it a player mentality problem or what? I, I don't know. That's why I'm not a football manager. Yeah, yeah. They, some teams just don't travel well. No. Um, Pascal Gross got the goal for Brighton. Um, they didn't really offer that much apart from that, did they? No. All right. Anything else to say on the game? On marches the Solshire train. Yeah, six wins out of six. Only the third Premier seven League in manager. Seven in all competitions. Yeah, only the third Premier League manager to ever win his first six games. Behind, if I remember rightly, Guardiola mm-hmm. and either Hiddink or Mourinho. Yeah, I don't at know. Chelsea. I believe you. Um, all right, Bournemouth versus West Ham. Finished two 0 to Bournemouth. Uh, no player has been booked more times this season than Jefferson Lerma, who's recruited nine yellow cards. If he'd been booked on Saturday, he would have been the second fastest to a suspension. Like ten uh, yellow cards. Because isn't it, you get five... It's a one-match ban. But it's only like in the first half of the season, isn't it? It's like five in the period of those nineteen yeah, yeah, games, yeah, yeah. and then it goes to ten after that. Yeah, and then so he's been suspended much, once. I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no Arnautovic. Does that mean he's off to China? Yeah, he's going, isn't he? West Ham said they weren't going to sell him, but but West Ham have form for doing exactly what. Yeah, they've done. I feel like it's it's turned into Payet all over yeah, again. Exactly, isn't it? it's just. Just get rid of him. Yeah, I would say that, like we said last week on the podcast, like his mentality is to just down tools. So just get rid now. Yeah, he he's would. obviously made his situation clear. He, he wants to go. Doesn't give a shit. Doesn't no, he? he doesn't give a shit. Uh, and I thought that overall thing affected West Ham's performance. Yeah, they um, just sort of showed why they've been a bit inconsistent. Although Carroll missed an absolute yeah. sitter. Is that the miss of the season? Yeah, that was horrendous because he's he's so close to goal and he's not being. Like, it's not even close. Like, but no one else is going is... for the ball. They're just going to block the goal. Yeah, it's not even like someone else has like got a little snick on it. It's he's absolutely shafted it mm-hmm. high and wide. Um, he apparently he's been made available for two million pounds. Do you think he'd be a good buy for someone in the Premier League? Wouldn't you be a bit like? feel a bit disrespected in today's transfer market going oh yeah you're available for two million yeah I would yeah definitely yeah I, thought, I think he'd be a great buy for someone like Cardiff or Huddersfield I think would be a good a good mm-hmm. uh, good place for, for Carlton give him goal. service and he'll score goals he'll get goal time uh, get game time as well if he doesn't get injured Um, Callum Wilson scored one of the best goals of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they're quoting seventy-five million pounds if somebody wants to go. And Fair buy play. Him. They want to keep him. Is he worth seventy-five million pounds? No, but Bournemouth oh. want to keep okay, him. Okay, how much is he worth in this current transfer market then? Fifty. You think he's worth fifty? Yeah. He's having a. He's really a centre forward. He scores goals. Yeah, but this is the first season he's got more than ten goals. Well, he's not got more because he's on ten. Well, he's got double figures. Okay. Yeah. 10 or more goals I should have said um, this is the first season where he's not been injured as much as he usually yeah, is yeah and he's in his prime yeah I think 50 would be fair I would, I would say 30 and uh, definitely not 75 I think we both agree on that but I think they want to keep him so fair yeah. enough for asking for that um, a fully clinical performance by Bournemouth I thought they just 
Uh, obviously, Carroll's miss helped, and then they just went and sucker punched West Ham with two good goals. Yeah, the second win, ten, 10 games needed. Yes, definitely needed against a team that is around them in the league as well. A uh, couple of positives to West Ham, though. Nasri looked bright. Yeah, he's great signing, I think. It's only time will tell. Only time will tell. Um, I think they have to replace Arnautovic in the next yeah. eight days. Nine days. How long the transfer windows got left? Who, today, today. Who they're gonna get though? Twenty second. Like eight days. Uh, they probably they are the sort of club that would just go and splash seventy five million on Callum Wilson, aren't they? Um, but yeah, there's not many people available, is there? No. Um. All right, and Southampton versus Everton. Finished 2-1 to Southampton. Gilfie Sigurdsson netted his 55th Premier League goal, becoming the joint highest Icelandic scorer in the competition, along with who? I Jigger Johnson. Correct. Um, Southampton legend. Yeah. <laughs> Southampton are a different side. Uh, I think we said it's this last week. fourth win under Hasenhutl already. Brilliant, yeah. And epitomised by two players. The first one is James Ward-Prowse, and the second one is the other goal scorer, Nathan Redmond. Thought is both it were din your own goal. Pardon? Din your own goal. Oh, is it a din your own goal? Or oh, well, a Redmond sh- assist then. Yeah, I don't think he even touched. Uh, yeah, I think he did touch the ball. But what an own goal! What yeah. a finish! It just gave me great pleasure to see Jordan Pickford scrambling. Yeah, and yeah. Could do nothing about it. Loved it. I felt like because it was a pretty open game, and I think that just sort of summed up both teams are quite weak defensively. Yeah, I think uh, Everton are weak all over the pitch at the minute. Yeah, it's just a bit frail. Well, what I just, you know, I don't get it. the The team that they've got is easily, easily the seventh best team in the league. So why yeah. aren't they doing better, Marco Silva? That's the reason. Um, they are dropping down the league. It's another loss, and they're dropping down the league. Their midfielder giving away the ball too much. They're struggling to score goals. I, I don't see, like... That, that, that is the thing that they need to get. They need to get a goal scorer that's going to score week in, week out that's not Cenk Torsen, basically. They get outnumbered quite a lot in midfield, but he only ever plays two in there. He never, like, changes it up. It's always four, two, three, one. But the three are always really attacking-minded players. Yeah, yeah, which seemed to be a bit outnumbered in the middle. Well, it was uh, was it Gay and Andre Gomez at the weekend. The both of them just every time that they got the ball, they just seemed to pass it to Southampton. I thought mm-hmm. they were playing in red and white. Um, however, on the flip side, James Ward-Prowse was brilliant. Uh, again, we've been saying for a while like he should be in that uh, in that Southampton team, and he proved why on Saturday he was creative. He scored the goal. Um, do you think how far do you think he is away from an England caller he's too old for the under 21s isn't he yeah I think so I think he's because tw- I've written here England call up question mark yeah I think if he carries on playing how he how he is um, he's yeah, got he's one a, England cap he's a very mobile midfielder and I would like to see him in there at some point oh, he's 24 he's 24 um, he he needs a run of games. Yeah, he has thirty-one. Yeah, he definitely needs a run of games. But I think he's proven that now he is having a run of games. Like Offers he can do a threat it. from set pieces. He's got a massive passing range. His he's, set pieces are 
better than Trippier. And if he's going to play four at the back and he's going to play Carl Walker at right back, I think James Ward-Prowse is the perfect player to play in that system. In that, in what as one of those two, in the midfield, you play him alongside Henderson. Maybe he's that player we were talking about a few weeks ago, who is that sort of box to box midfielder. Yeah, and he can take set pieces as well. Uh, he's got thirty-one England under twenty-one caps and one. Uh, he was their captain, England. I think, for quite a while. He was, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to see who he played against for England. He played on March the twenty second, twenty seventeen. Do you know who we played that day? Is it Brazil or Germany or? No, I'm a year out. I think. Um, I'm not sure. It was. I have absolutely no idea. Central midfield the, is an area that. Oh, it, it was Germany. It was the day that Westminster was attacked. Was it the 1-0 yeah, it loss Germany. when Podolski scored that screamer? It was, I yeah. think. And some English fans disgraced themselves by singing offensive songs. Yeah, classic. Classic There's British football one. fans. Centre midfield is an area that England, like, players can put their hands up and make it their own. Cause Definitely. There's no standout players in that position for me at this moment in time mm-hmm. that you would say I mean you could probably name the goalkeeper back four and striker but I think every other position is on right wing but I think every other position is up for grabs mm-hmm. um, what about uh, Nathan Redmond he's not going to make an England push I don't think but he's, he's got an England cap as well he does I don't know who he played to get that England cap but uh, neither do I um, um, I just think, again, he just needs a manager that believes in him. He's just one of those players that just needs a manager that believes in him. Yeah, definitely. Um, And Southampton are getting out of trouble. They are. Although they're still in that sort of bottom seven. Yeah. Uh, Again... Because if they they go five games without a win, then they're going to be sort of just hovering around the top of the relegation zone. Well, I I think they've got some tricky fixtures coming up. Obviously, it's FA Cup weekend next weekend. So, we don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do next weekend, but we'll see. There's midweek Premier League next week. There is, yes. Um, Let's just do end of next week. Cool. Well, that's it there, guys. Got a podcast at the end of next week. Sum it up. Um, Yes. So, Southampton climbing. Uh, I don't know who they've got. I was going to have a look there, but can't be asked. Um, (laughs) We'll move on to the late game. There was loads of three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday. It was so good. I love three o'clock kickoff. Um, And the late game on Saturday was a a London derby, Arsenal versus Chelsea. Unexpectedly finished 2 0 to Arsenal. I think you predicted a Chelsea win, I predicted an Arsenal win. This is the Arsenal that we expected when Do you know what? Emery took over. That system suits them perfectly, the four four two diamond. Yeah. It suit because he the the four players he used in the midfield, Genduzi, Torreira, Shaka and Ramsey, the midfield diamond was built for those four players. This is why I don't understand why they're getting rid of Ramsey. I just think it's absolute madness. They should be getting rid of Ozil. Well, he was sat on the bench looking cold the other day, even though it wasn't very cold, um, which I thought was ridiculous. Emery, I think, wants to include him in the system, and he's going to have to if when Ramsey goes next season, or they're going to have to spend 60, 70 million. They've been told they can only bring in loan players. Yeah, this they've window. got no money to like spend on players because Cause they've spent it all. Yeah. Uh, top draw finished by uh, Lacazette four touches in the box though without being tackled I think I mean he created he could have gone down 
he yeah. could have gone down and got a penalty but he's not Mo Salah so he didn't he stayed on his feet and he was rewarded with a fine finish and uh, he, he got it through the eye of a needle let's say five Premier League goals in London derbies in this season it's a great start it's nice to see uh, Koscielny back with a goal as well I've got a stat about Koscielny as well is it that he scored a Premier League goal in each of his nine seasons at Arsenal you All read my mind his 12 home Premier League goals were in wins it was the first one Oh, was it? Well, all of his uh, previous 12 home Premier League goals were in wins. I've also got an incredible stat about Arsenal. Go on. They covered more distance as a team than any team since Opta Records began. Really? 122 well, kilometres. if that doesn't just show Emery, the Emery effect, then I don't know what does. Because they, they wouldn't have done that under Wenger, I don't think. Um, Gunn has moved to within three points of fourth as yeah. well. But what's happened to Chelsea? Um, failed to sparkle in attack. Um, they're just not getting players in the box. They did a little piece on it. The person who got was getting into the box most often was Alonso. Yeah, left back. <laughs> trying to get up for headers against the Arsenal centre-halves. I just think it's mad that they're playing their best two p- players out of position, like two of their best players anyway, Kante and uh, Hazard. And Hazard. The fact that Jorginho is still playing in this side, I mean, I think Sarri started, obviously they started the season really well, um, but I think he's 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 too stubborn to change it, and yeah. to, for him to drop Jorginho, I think will be huge for him, and it'll be a massive blow for Jorginho now. If, if Sarri had dropped him, one or two games into the run and put Kante in a different role put him in a more defensive ball winning midfielder role um, then I don't think his confidence would have been affected as much but if he drops him now do you think it's Sarri maybe not his lack of experience of Premier League football I feel like in Italy you don't need a ball winning midfielder at, at the base because everyone sets up so defensively but in England, you've got to have that sort of bulldog midfielder yeah. who's going to nab the ball. Like, what Jorginho does, he'd be better suited playing on like the right of that three, for me. Yeah. You I, switch I him around and all agree. your problems go away. But the, he wants to use Jorginho as like... Uh, oh, ho, 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 <laughs> he wants to use Jorginho as sort of like a... Um, like a quarterback yeah like thing. a quarterback player and it, Doesn't I just work. don't think it's working it's, well it's not working they're, they're yeah. not scoring enough goals and they're not winning enough games and he hasn't got any assists in two and a half thousand passes or something over three thousand over three thousand madness yeah. madness uh, Sari said the players were hard to motivate in his post match that's his job yeah I he's, agree That yeah. that is his job and people will say oh you're a Premier League footballer you're getting paid millions of pounds like a year why do you need motivating well if you've been in your job think about like what your boss does mm-hmm. or like I don't have a boss it's you yeah <laughs> um, well Please, everyone's sir, everyone's boss in this yeah. <laughs> um, but like think about what your boss does it's like it, he might not be going uh, he might not be giving you motivational speeches but like he's doing little things like all the time to motivate you whether that whether you're so enjoying chocolate or not. biscuits out, yeah, exactly, exactly. You should start doing that, boss. <laughs> um, Morata's deal has gone through to Atletico Madrid. Excellent. I think. However, Higuain still hasn't signed. 
if there's any game which showed you why they need Higuain it was Saturday it's odd isn't it Chelsea's policy they don't tend to sign players over 30 well I, I think that Abramovich is seeing like Abramovich does not give a shit about the football club anymore he's lost interest no, yeah, for me definitely definitely lost well he's interest. not at the games anymore really is he he's not been for over a year yeah mad um, David Luiz's challenge on Ramsey red card I think I it can't was remember it. He his foot slipped over yes, the top of the ball. Was a red for me. <clears throat> See, I think it was as close to being a red as possible. With I can understand what that one. I could understand why it wasn't yeah. given because I don't think he makes contact with Ramsey, and he was like, oh, "It's hard, isn't it? Because it's so easy for your foot to slip over, yeah. but just don't go in like that." I think. I think. No, no I think complaints if the tackle against, is if yeah. the tackle is out of control, then you need to then it needs to yeah. be a red card. That's the rule. Like if 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 the tackle is out of control, and this is where I would say that companies was a red card. And yeah, Van Dyke's was a red card. He wasn't as out of control as that because he was like those ones. They were like leaping off the ground into the tackle, yeah. whereas he went from high to low. Yeah, but his foot is it, it, still the, the, his studs are still raised, and it's, but that was only because they'd slipped over the top of the ball. He didn't go in with his studs up. If that made sense, I yeah. mean, I, I'm not defect. It was it was. Oh, it was borderline. It was so yeah. close. I like watched it about fifteen times. And, and Ramsey still... on Ramsey as well. Yeah, a player with like injury, a horrendous injury past. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a record. I think it's a record. Uh, do you think Alonso is going to face a retrospective ban for pushing the face on Maitland Niles at the ref didn't see? Yes. Bad that. It's just what what is what the are you point? doing? What is the point? I know you like you you're losing the game. I get that you're frustrated. Like we've all been there. We've all played football and lost, and like being frustrated about it. Like we literally played a game last night where it was so I was so frustrated. Like I mean, it didn't help that it was pissing it down yeah. with rain. That that made me but, frustrated more. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I want to kill that reference. Oh no, I can't say that. <laughs> but I just want to know, like. What are the linesmen looking at in that situation? Because the referee is obviously like... He's do you think they ball watch a lot? I think they do. Yeah, 100%. He's got to be looking across the pitch at all times. And surely, like, he's stood there, he's looking across. And it's happened in the middle of the penalty area. So I don't get why he hasn't seen that. But, you know, like, this is why VAR needs to be introduced. Yeah, I agree. I really um, like your background, by the way. Sort of like 3D vibes. 3D Newcastle United logo. Yeah. Yeah. It's quality. Um, um, Bellerin off on a stretcher. You could like hear him crying out in pain. And it was. You know, it's bad when, you, when they go down without anyone around them. Yeah, like innocuous. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think he'd be out for a while. He's yeah. just come back from injuries. End of though. season. It's the other knee, I think. Yeah, end, end of season. Yeah. Which is sad because he had a great game before he went off. I thought. Well, what do on that one? Sorry, it's joy. <sighs> on that one, where do Arsenal go at right back from here? Carl Jenkinson. I think they've got to loan someone in because holding injured, Bellerin injured, Koscielny, Koscielny injured all the time. Brittle, Monreal seems to be injured all the time. Yeah. Um. You look at like 
there's no one really available in the Premier League, is there? Like they could have maybe looked to get Klein on loan, but Bournemouth has already done that. Is Maitland Niles going to play at right back? I think he's good enough to, but I think he's better elsewhere. I think yeah. that that was stunt for me. Maitland Niles is a central midfield player who can cover these other positions, yeah. but I feel like young players stunt their development not intentionally. But like obviously, but like, because they, they, they were, just want to play games, and also like they were the best players probably in their group. Like how many Arsenal youngsters, like different, they're different this season. But like how many Arsenal youngsters actually come through the system? He was probably the best team in their in their whole youth academy for the last like three or four years, mm-hmm. like coming through. So like he's probably played like everywhere in every position because he's had to, rather than because he's good there. He's just looked good because he's a good player. You know what I mean? Do they try and get someone on loan from a big team in Europe who's not playing? Uh, yeah. Um, have, have Bayern Munich bought Pavard to play straight away? I'm trying to think who there are. Does Philip Lahm still play or not? Yeah, and they've got uh, someone else in there that's a, that plays right back. I can't remember his name. Rafinha. Yeah, so he might be a possibility. There's yeah. uh, one Fran, I think he's at Atletico still. Or Wambasaka. They can't buy anyone though. Yeah, they can't, and they're not going to get him on loan. No, he's been the best right back outside the top six this season. And they I'd say behind Nacho, Walker, maybe from Spain. Yeah, it's difficult, like because it's whether the club is going to let them go on loan. I don't think that it's Real Madrid natural players for, isn't it? Yeah, but actually, he's a centre half as well. Yeah, exactly. so. And and he he wants a player that can play either right wing back or right back because if if Kalasinac is playing he's not going to play four at the back although he did on he did Saturday I think that was more of a a risk that paid off rather than a genius decision because he I mean when you're not playing Hazard down that side to attack him or down either side I think your full backs are getting sort of a a good day and in actual fact Chelsea did put a lot of crosses in the box so there was just no one there Um, I it's difficult, but I think that has to be a priority for Arsenal to mm-hmm. go out and get a right back now. Um, Chelsea, I think their priority has to be getting Higuain over the line in the next week. Yeah. Um, on to a team that don't need anybody. We're on Sunday. Uh, Huddersfield versus Manchester City. Uh, it's 3-0 to Manchester City. Uh, Huddersfield caretaker manager Mark Hudson. By the way, this is the best that you'll ever hear on this podcast. Huddersfield caretaker manager Mark Hudson played nine Premier League games. His record in those was no wins, one draw, and eight defeats. That is exactly depressing. the exactly the same record Huddersfield have in their last nine Premier League games. That is a brilliant stat. Who did he play for? Did he play? He played for Huddersfield. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not in the Premier League, obviously. No, I think he played for Crystal Palace. Did he? The first time. The first time that Palace came up, when they had like Andy Johnson. Yeah. Do you want to check that out? Yeah, I'll have a look I might now. be wrong because I've got an incredible stat for you as well. Go on. Man City obviously scored their hundredth goal in all competitions. Yes. In that game. Yes. Incredible. But how many goals have Huddersfield scored in all competitions? Twenty-two. Thirteen. Thirteen all season. That's mad. All in the Premier League. That's mad. Absolutely, did that. I mean, if you're asking why they're going down, that's why. That is why. And City have scored more goals in the last three games before that than Huddersfield have all season. That's crazy. That's crazy. It might have been 18, not 13 all season. 
I might have just written I can't decide if it's an 8 or you know you know, and you do that as yeah. <laughs> still though it's less than 20 it's disgusting so uh, Mark Hudson mm-hmm. played well he didn't he started his career off at Fulham was Palace wrong no Palace was correct but he mm. made no appearances for Fulham then he had two loans to Oldham where he made 15 appearances mm-hmm. then he went on Crystal Palace went to Crystal Palace on loan made 14 appearances so this was in 2004 I don't know when Palace came up yeah I think it 2004 was 2004 to 2008 he made 106 appearances for Palace scoring 7 goals yeah which isn't it'll, bad. it'll be then because uh, Andy Johnson got a call up in pre-2006 World Cup I think this is where my curveball is though because he played mm-hmm. for Charlton for a year but then he signed for Cardiff between 2009 and 2014 he played 144 games so was his Premier League spell for or Cardiff or maybe it's combined maybe it is maybe it is because I can oh, just I can actually tell you right now because I can just remember that team he made 7 Premier League appearances for Crystal Palace and two appearances for Cardiff. I still think that that is unbelievable memory from me. That I'm impressed, to be fair. Because they had like Andy Johnson. They had a player called Jan Kolker. He yeah. used to play on the wing, and he had this celebration. It was like sort of like shrugging his shoulders, but like in a very sort of dancey type way. Yeah. And I was, you know, the eight nine year old. For I dance was, lessons, I, I used to try please contact Jeff Pod's Instagram. Uh, page. <laughs> I used to try and uh, emulate that in the back garden. Do you want to do the? Do you want to do that now, and I'll put it on our Instagram story? No, I've not done it for sort of like a like this type thing. I can't really do it with the bed thing here. Do it again. It was like a this type thing. Oh, when yeah. he scored a goal. I mean, my sh- shoulders a bit sore. Um, that was really in, good, Josh. In, thank you. That was really good. Well, that's gone on our got, got Instagram a, story. So if you want to see that, gotta please the fans. Then <laughs> all nine people that'll see it. Yeah, God. Um. I would I would ask you a question, but I'm too busy Instagramming about you. Raheem Sterling penalty claim first uh, off. Not for me. This is why I love football. I've written Stonewall. He could, I think... I think he's been absolutely clattered by the centre-half. But I think... Is that the one way where I thought he'd won the ball? He definitely hadn't won Did the ball. Did he not win the ball? I'm no. thinking of a different Because Sterling, yeah. like, nipped the ball past him, and then he's, like, clattered oh. him. Yeah, penalty. What was the one? I can't remember. Maybe it was in the Spurs game, the one I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I thought that yeah, was Yeah, I think it is, because I've got that written down. Uh, I've was, just written here as well. Uh, Sane was offside in build-up to Sterling goal, was. but for me, it was too close to call without yeah, the AR. Yeah, uh, it was, again, like, so I, the, I, striking the benefit of the yeah. doubt. How can the linesman spot that? Yeah, it's literally his toe is offside. Yeah, um, Similar to uh, in Southampton derby last week, um, where VAR, I think, was used to perfection, mm-hmm. because it showed that Wickham was offside, and, like, people being like... Oh well, that's not what VAR was introduced for. It's like, well, yes, it was because that was like a yes or no. He's either offside or he's not, and it is tight. It is tight, but he was offside. So I think, like, I can't wait for next season because we're going to have so many decisions to talk about where we've used VAR, and it's we're not going to have to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like easy. I've just written here: City make it look so easy. Oh man! And I just totally. Liverpool just don't make it look as easy as City. And do you know do. what I like about Guardiola? He was like, uh, yeah, "We only played we well enough for three yeah, goals. Yeah. We didn't deserve more than three goals." It's like, well, <laughs> if you're if you're the Huddersfield manager waiting to be interviewed and you're going, 
To be fair, do you not think that Huddersfield played a little bit better this week? Yeah, I do. They created a few chances. Made six late changes. On. Yeah, they didn't set up like five four one either. No, I um, thought they looked okay. To be fair, but they they're doomed. So uh, <laughs> doomed. Did you see the story of uh, the Sky reporter goes into the uh, goes into the crowd because they thought they'd spotted uh, Jan Sievert. Yeah, and uh, it was just a guy called Mark. <laughs> just a guy that looked like him yeah, it was great brilliant um, oh I've got my England top on oh no uh, is it breaking well the, is that ripped yeah is it? it well you just put your finger through it so I would assume so be very careful with that phrase in this bedroom <laughs> oh, um, no what, it, well, it's a fake so. it was a routine win really for City and the third goal just summed up what City have been like all season Danilo first time perfect pass Laid off for Sane, who just and how many games has he played this season? Like Danilo four. Right, yeah, I bet it's less than ten. Yeah, um, Huddersfield's new manager. They've signed uh, ex Borussia Dortmund twos manager Jan Siever again, going down the Borussia Dortmund route. I've absolutely no idea who he is. Don't know what his records like. Don't know what style of play he plays. Your you have German connections. Uh, I've got I I didn't know he was until last week so (laughs) Uh, I just think they just need to plan for next season just give him a free hit from now until the end of the season to decide who he wants to keep like we said last week it's sort of a win-win for whoever goes in because if I was him I'd go and buy Andy Carroll yeah so would I for next year because he'll cost less now than he will in the summer 13 goals in all competitions this season I can't believe that stat's absolutely mad even if Absolutely it's 18 mad. that is terrible yeah um, alright the final game of the weekend which was on a Sunday evening which was lovely uh, was Fulham versus Spurs it finished 2-1 to Spurs uh, Ranieri I think this stat's correct Ranieri 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 <laughs> versus Spurs in the Premier League won four drawn seven he'd never lost to Spurs before Saturday mm-hmm. um, Fulham have now conceded 50 goals in the Premier League this season it's now and 51 it's it a 51 was, it was Ali's goal that was the 50th Huddersfield and Fulham can now mathematically not win the league <laughs> that's a brilliant stat yeah it's good isn't it um, Spurs started with no Kane or Son and uh, I think it showed yeah, I think uh, they were analysing this on Football Daily. There was a couple of instances where they put balls in the box earlier than they do, and both times Lorente nearly scored from headers. He was like, "Why aren't they doing that more?" Yeah, and it, it was I think in the second half when they sussed that out, they actually, they actually got goals and the, and the change made of system. I think he did it last time. Kane was injured, and actually, I think it's the right way to go because it means that uh, like. Ali and was it Lamella who started behind Lorente with yeah I think so. uh, yes it was yeah, yeah. So and he then because he? he seems to be using Ericsson primarily as a central midfield player um, so it still gives like his players that he wants the creative freedom to do it uh, you know it was a year ago to the day since Lorente scored his last Premier League goal oh which, really which tickled <laughs> scored in the wrong do you goal. see somebody changed his Wikipedia page so it said like Fulham one appearance one goal on Wikipedia love that brutal it, just I, th- the... I feel like he's been used as a scapegoat though I, I, I feel like they didn't play to his strengths look at yeah. how he played when he was at Swansea all they did was ping the ball in the box and, and also, how many goals also he, he is to, p- to blame 0% for that goal 
Someone's gone up for a header and missed yeah. it. And it's hit him and gone I remember in. scoring an own goal exactly like that. I remember scoring multiple own yeah. goals <laughs> very recently. Um, f- should Fulham have had a penalty for Tongan or Mitrovic? Um, he pulls. Yeah, him. yeah. I think that was a penalty yeah. because he pulled him down with. I mean, yeah. they they're both all over each other. But I think if Vertonghen goes to ground and lets go, he'd probably win a free kick. Yes. But he pulled him down when the ball was coming in. Um, uh, the next contentious decision was uh, Danny Rose got booked for diving. I thought that was harsh. So did I. I thought he was caught. Again, it's one of those ones that maybe it wasn't enough for a foul. I think he's moving it, at pace. Yeah, it wasn't simulation, though. No, it wasn't a yellow card. Um, Mitrovic when Lloris uh, that wasn't a penalty for me either no Lloris got the ball yeah I think Mitrovic is completely looking for it but I think Ryle do you think Ryan Barbel could light a little spark at Fulham yeah I said what's going to save Ryan uh, what's going to save Fulham question mark Ryan Barbel question mark next question what's going to save Ryan Barbel's hair Uh, a razor yeah well I mean it's pretty short I was like right so this like Ryan Barbel signs for Fulham I was like well this has got to be a joke and I now saw the photo and it was Ryan Barbel with fucking red hair and I was like Bashik, definitely a joke Besiktas have gone we need to get rid of him yeah I was like def- definitely a joke and I went on Fulham's official page and there he is with his fucking red hair I was like <coughs> what are you doing with your life sort yourself out it's horrific he's a 30 year old man he's got red hair like yeah. that what a that's the end. sort of thing I'm going to do it's the sort of thing Pogba would do no uh, Josh, I will stop you from. Yeah, no, I've, I've had my hair dyeing phase. Don't worry. Um, Do you think Lorente should have had a penalty late on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I think it was a bit, a bit soft for me. The um, there was one more contentious decision that I want to talk about, and it was Mitrovic on Davinson Sanchez, where he basically fucking like did a wrestling move on him and decked him to the floor. Mm-hmm. That for me is a red card. Yeah. Because he's like not going for the ball. You can see that he's not going. For, there, there was an ongoing battle in that game, culminating in that challenge on the 74th minute, I think it was, where Mitro basically. I don't know if if people haven't seen it, then I'll give a accurate uh, description of what it was. It was Mitrovic climbing over Davinson Sanchez, the ball getting away from Sanchez, and Mitrovic still just fouling Sanchez. And it's like he got no. Uh, like he's not going for the ball at all yeah like for me it's a red card and it was like it was aggressive like the way he was in that in that challenge it was bad I thought um, Harry Winks scored the winner uh, it was a great header his second goal in 57 appearances yeah. so I don't think they'll be relying on him for goals no um, he was man of the match I don't think he Personally, I don't think. Have you seen was the feature on him on match? Yeah, I have. But like, whenever Spurs did anything well, was he the BBC man of the match? Though is uh, that different to like actual man of the match? No, he was actual man of the match. I, I thought he played well. I've written here ing cdm question mark. No. No, not for why? Because I think we've got better players in that position. So, you, would you pick Ward Prowse ahead of Winks? Uh, yes. Interesting. Better goal scoring record, better set pieces, better in general play, better in build up play, um, just a better player, a bit older, a bit more experienced with England as well. Okay. Like in terms of like England and the twenty ones. I just think Winks is quality, and I think this is. I think he will. No, we... I think he will be. 
I think he was one of the players we mentioned for that role but I would, at this moment in time if I was to pick between them I'd be picking Ward what about both time. of them together um, no I would still play and this pains me this pains me Eric Dyer fuck that <laughs> Jordan Henderson I'd still play Henderson uh at this moment in time, Henderson, Ward-Prowse, and don't know who in that number ten yet. Probably Deli Ali if he's fully fit. Well, Deli Ali went off with a hamstring. So for problem. me, for me, right? Who are we playing in in March? Teams that are shit, right? Kane's gonna have been injured. Deli Ali's gonna have been injured, right? We don't need to pick them for those games. Let's give Wilson a go. Let's give Wilson a full game. Let's give Do you know who I'll play who? instead of jo- instead of Jordan Henderson at the moment? Who? Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Let's give him a game. Do you know who I think's putting themselves up for a shout? I mean, Go on. he's unfortunate because there's a lot of good players in his position. But I think if say if Sterling and Sancho picked up injuries, I'd probably pick Andros Townsend on current form. Yeah, he's, play, he's playing well. He's scored in big games. Czech Republic, we play next. Actually, and then Montenegro. Actually, those two games are probably the most too difficult. What, Montenegro? Do you think? Uh, um, It's still to be confirmed where the game's going to be in Montenegro. Do you know that? Brilliant. 22nd of March we play Czech Republic. Their stadium in Montenegro is like one of the ones that like the stands are basically like on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ali went off with an injury. Getting that because no one was around it. Like no one's like touched him. Yeah. It's another one where and, and I really worry for Spurs now. Lucas Moura's... Although you've got to, you've got to admire Pochettino's sort of character. So like oh, Ali's injured, he was like, oh, it's fine. Lucas Moura and Sissoko are fit this week. So, um, But, you know... Sissoko's I think fit this week is not one... Uh, is not the answer that you want he's to got a, Did you see their bench, though? There were, like, three players on it that... Like, they had, uh, like, Skip. Uh, they had a lad... lad can't remember his Quiver. name. Yeah, Skip, Quaver, yeah. Um, McCoy, <laughs> Walker, <laughs> Peters. Um, but it was just... Pl- <laughs> Fuck's sake. Why do we do this? Because <laughs> we've got nothing better to do. Um, yeah, I think they're down to the bare bones, but hopefully, hopefully for the league's sake, they... Uh, those players and for England those players come back from injury um, I was reading something interesting maybe you were telling me this uh, that Kane's uh, wage is based on appearances not on so he's got like so like is Danny Rose on like 30k a week isn't he yeah. like I don't think Kane's on much more but he's, his appearance bonus is weighted so, but that is why Spurs play him all yeah. the time because to keep him happy because he's got yeah. I mean, dollar bills yeah. being chucked at him every time he plays well they have to keep him happy because otherwise he'll leave and Harry here is your money sack for playing again yeah. I'm doing Eastern European I don't know why <laughs> Daniel Levy's got some like dodgy Eastern European bloke who sorts cash flow <laughs> the um, stadium must be finished by March well that was the that's the uh, that's the Premier League over can we just not talk about Bolton please I would like to talk about Bolton oh. briefly <laughs> Bolton played West Brom on Monday, lost 2-0. I think played is a 
is the wrong word. Well, I think Bolton had eleven players on the. Pitch. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, I want to talk about more than I want to talk about uh, the game itself. I want to talk about the protests that happened. Um, there was a big protest before the game. There was the tennis balls being thrown on the pitch during the game. Uh, there was banners. They tried to put up a banner um, uh, outside the executive box, and they didn't allow it. There was loads of police there. People. There was arrests. I think. Um, obviously there is it Ken Anderson is that his name uh, yeah um, the chairman um, who's basically like we've got, I've got no money um, surely he needs to do what Sunderland did and just put this put the club up for sale for like a quid and someone will come and buy it yeah and bail them out what what are your views on as a Bolton supporter and watching your club sort of like I mean it's very in terms of the the way that the fans feel uh, it's very similar to Newcastle. Do you? How do you feel as a Bolton fan at the moment? I know you're very like depleted in terms of what the results are like, but in terms of what what's happening to the club, how do you feel? It's just a bit frustrating, really. Um, when you can see, for me, like you can see easy solutions. Like he's clearly not very good for the. I mean, he's done, he's kept us afloat, sort of by hook and by crook. I think part of that uh, not really knowing what he's doing is still having Parkinson as boss but we can't afford to get rid of him so and if we're going to be in League 1 next season Phil Parkinson's probably one of the better managers to have yeah. in League 1 fair um, John McGindley who's a bit of a Bolton legend uh, openly criticised Ken Anderson on the radio last week and he's had all his media privileges revoked which I think is oh, a really? joke because like, he's a pundit the point of being a pundit is not to just like Spout, be a yes man yeah be a yes man he's just like saying what he thinks and then uh, but like some fans like gave him a ticket or something he was just like in with the fans instead oh really something like that it's no. just it's mad but the goals we conceded were just awful defending well I've got we some had, we stats had chances I've got some really good stats for you January the 21st 2009 Jay mm-hmm. Rodriguez scored for Burnley versus Spurs past goalkeeper Ben Anik January the 21st 2019 that a cup match Rodriguez scores for West Brom versus Bolton pass goalkeeper Ben Anik. Rodriguez scored his 14th goal of the season, six more than the Bolton starting eleven have managed. Yeah. And there's it's me problem. La- laughing at Huddersfield for not scoring goals. I would say that you nearly took the lead. We did. When... I mean the defending my goodness gracious yeah. the defending was woeful yeah. but Sammy Amiobi yeah. nearly levelled it up at one each yeah Jason Lowe nearly scored absolute well. goalkeeping heroics kept bowling out a few times I thought yeah um, and against a team that uh, are at the top of the league as well not necessarily their best game definitely but it was too I mean the second goal I can't believe what happened for the second goal it was horrible well the defenders just like watched him run past yeah him. he was like I think he was shouting at the keeper and it's like no you are a two yards outside of the box yeah oh it was horrible to watch even as like not even a, a fan of the championship and just watching like fuck me like what are you doing um, yeah, it's still lack of communication and it, it's not great times for Bolton at the moment but no and if, players like, are probably feeling that a bit as well yeah I think that something needs to happen but we've lost all these games we're not we're like three points off yeah so you know we win three or four matches and we're probably alright again playoffs for a bit. and you know what championships like <laughs> maybe not quite playoffs <laughs> 
Um, God, what I'd give for Gary Megson. <laughs> that's, 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 an depressing yeah, that's the most depressed I think I've ever seen you oh what a horrible sentence I can remember when he was announced as manager and I think I just cried for an afternoon <laughs> um, oh. staying in the championship uh, Ashley Cole signed for Derby this week Yes. on the most mad day of transfers where Kevin Prince Boateng signed for Barcelona from Sassuolo yeah Sassuolo uh, it was a fairly mad uh a day of transfers yesterday but really in terms of what's happened this week in terms of football nothing really has happened um, tomorrow uh, Man City play Burton in a sort of Burton point, are the gonna most come, going to pull off the greatest comeback ever known in sport imagine can you imagine, imagine can you imagine what the odds are uh, shall I shall I See find what out what are. the odds are like teams to progress Um. Burton are fourteen to one to beat Man City. Oh, uh, yeah, in the game. Yeah, that's pretty poor odds. It's fairly horrendous, that isn't it? Um, to progress is that just not an option? It's not. I don't think it's even an option. Oh, that's sad. It's not even an option. I think City. I've just and I just think Spurs are going to progress. I just, and then they'll lose in the final. You think Spurs are going to progress? Yeah, and then I just think they'll lose in the final. I just don't think Chelsea have got enough going forward to... Unless the deal is done for Higuain tomorrow. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll parachute him in for that game. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go quickly through some of the key games from the FA Cup and we'll give a win or, a win or lose or draw. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bristol City versus Bolton. Bristol City win. You know what? I'm going to back Bolton. Thank you. I'm going to go 1-0. But I just want Bristol City to knock us out of the cup. Arsenal versus Manchester United. Um, I think Arsenal are going to win. I think they're going to end Solskjaer's winning run. I think they're going to end Solskjaer's winning run. I think they will as well. I'm going to go for Arsenal win as well. So um, I just think it'll start Lukaku and Sanchez and things. And it'll just ruin the, the flow a little bit. Yeah. Brighton versus West Brom. Good matchup, that. Draw. Draw. Re- so it'll go to replay Man City versus Burnley Man City City Newcastle versus Watford uh, at St James's. that would be literally the worst result I know I'm going to go for Newcastle win 1-0 so Got you good. taken four points from uh, Watford this season from two games mm-hmm. Shrewsbury versus Wolves uh, Wolves, Wolves. Uh, Everton Mil- Millwall Everton it's my tiny tip for the week what is Millwall to beat Everton Oh, is it? Millwall to beat Everton, 5.30. It's on telly. Um, I've just got a feeling. All right. I'm going to go for Everton. I just think Everton have been a bit... Um, Wimbledon versus West Ham. That is a potential uh, uh, banana skin for West Ham, I would say. Draw. Oh, I might go for a draw as well. Yeah, draw. Palace versus Spurs. Spurs. Oh, no, they're they're playing two games... Yeah, mm, draw. draw. Uh, Chelsea versus Sheffield Wednesday. Someone was trying to explain on the radio earlier why Sheffield Wednesday have got a really good chance of winning, and I was like, I just don't see that logic. Eno, uh, yeah, Chelsea. Be Chelsea. Chelsea. So you're going to go for Millwall to beat um, Everton? Yeah, Everton. I want some odds on that. Uh, I will tell you right now, it's four to one. What are the odds on Sheffield Wednesday to beat Chelsea? Uh, is that on, that's on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. 
twelve to one. We'll go with the four to one option. Okay. Well, you need to get back on track because you're doing what unbelievably shit, mate. We were. It was close to coming in on the weekend. You've been close every bloody week. Are but, you saying that's what I say every week? Yeah. But there we go. There's your money on. We're. I'm running out of money to put on this bloody betting slip. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Have you got anything else to say about this week? I don't think so. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please give us a follow on Instagram. Did we have and a question Twitter. from last week? We what? did, but I forgot to post because it's life. What um, was the question? Did I come up with it? Yeah, it was like it was. I'll tell you now. I've written it down because I had a feeling that I'd asked the question. It was the most unjustifiable sacked manager. Sacked manager. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We'll do that next week. We'll do that next week. And cool, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely put a post out this week. It might be Claude Puel by then. Yeah, actually might. Um thank you very much for listening. Uh we're gonna not do a podcast for FA Cup, but we'll definitely do a podcast for the thir- uh, Wednesday and Thursday games, so that'll be out a week on Friday. Um please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go and have a look at Josh doing the celebration on our Instagram story. Um Anything else to say? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Subscribe on podcasts on iTunes and your uh, i and your podcast provider. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.